You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 499. That means one oh. one more David Cohen, and we hit the magical 500, which we're totally not going to celebrate at all. I was going to say, which will be pretty much the same as this one. <laughs> There's not going to be fireworks or... There was uh, a time bands. I think we would have probably done something, but... We're just jaded old men now. We don't give a crap. Well, not only that. I mean, what would you do? Typically, you do a retrospective, but that would be boring because everyone kind of knows what's happened in the last 15 years, 10 years, five years, whatever it is. Well, we started this podcast, I believe, in uh, 2010, didn't we? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's a while ago, but... but... But, yeah, but talking about old technology from 2010 i mean if we went back and listened to some of the shows and and looked at some of the things we were discussing it was just like oh god this is a bit dull uh right. yeah it kind of would be yeah. because it's stuff that we don't <laughs> no one cares about anymore well exactly 90 percent of all the stuff we talk about nobody cares about anymore yeah well that goes without saying you know isn't it but that's interesting isn't it kind of sad though when you go when when you you're searching through the basement or the attic or something like that. You come across something that you remember back in the day was wonderful and now just doesn't work, isn't supported, doesn't do what it was meant to do. Kind of was a flop. And you just kind of think, I wish you could recapture those feelings of that time about how great it was. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that we thought would be, you know, great and ended up just not going anywhere. Um, and then, and then, occasionally, the stuff that that um, is is all the talk of the moment, and then just falls off a cliff. Yeah, I remember three D TVs. <clears throat> there you go. Well, even back then, I think a lot of us were a bit jaded on three TVs. But yeah. do you remember the flip video camera? Sure. Yeah. Now that was a hot product. It was, and it was quite amazing because at the time I owned two of them. Yeah, I had a, I had two of them as well. You at the time you couldn't do video easily, portably, and then do anything with it. And the flip video camera was a vertical product that did it all. It was a tiny package. It wasn't that expensive. It allowed you to take decent quality video with decent quality audio. And then the real magic of it was it had USB cable built into it, so you could just plug it straight to your computer and take that video off and do something with it. It, it really was. An amazing product, and uh, yeah, for a, about a year or two, it was one of the hottest things in tech. Yeah, and then, and then the iPhone came out, and then the iPhone came along, and all of a sudden, it was like nobody need no because you didn't all of a sudden you didn't need a separate device anymore. You had it built into your phone. Yeah, uh, and and the thing just yeah, it 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 literally plummeted off. I think their stock uh, fell very very quickly, and they went out of business. Yeah, pretty quickly. But but, but at the time. Everyone thought that was going to be huge, and there was loads of people copying it and all of that sort of thing, and it just it was just overtaken by other developments. Yeah, it didn't last long enough for where it could have gone, but I mean, its replacement is a thousand times better. So, yeah, yeah, I I um I shot some video of my daughter doing uh, her one of her synchro swimming competitions a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was amazing. I had my phone, and mine's, my phone's not even a new phone. It's an iPhone 13. Uh, and I was able to shoot 4K video um, and then put it on the computer and kind of crop it in so that you could just see Seeing what her, she was right. doing and not see the rest of it, which was a whole 
um it, uh, it was a whole uh, journey in itself actually figuring out how to do that but once i found the right tool to do that um i got amazing results out of it out of something that i literally just carry in my pocket i didn't need to. leanne said to me before she said oh are you going to bring your big camera i said don't need to no nope. phone yeah, I mean anywhere where you know it's going to be well lit. Yes, uh, and you have plenty of space, then you don't need a, a specialist camera. Mm-mm. You know, and that's most of the time. Yeah, exactly. The other aspect, so. of course, of that is we shoot so much video that you never watch it. Yeah, well, that's the same with all digital devices. I mean, how many, how many? Uh, in fact, when I was out for uh, Christmas dinner on um, Friday night with my company, um, and we went to one of these celebrity chef branded places so the food comes out and it's tiny you know people are taking pictures of it and it's just like yeah well why are we why are we doing that yeah you can send it send it somebody wants to go look how tiny my food is uh, <coughs> it's and for social then, media yeah and then it'll live on your time on your uh in your photo yeah your photo roll for the next 10 years you because you never go go back and delete that stuff i do so i would delete <laughs> stuff that if it's a crappy phone, well, I use my camera on my phone for work as well. So, yeah, so you have you know, to. Yeah. Like yesterday, I'll just open up my phone right now. Um, well, I mean, the phone's open because I'm talking to you, but yeah. let's go to the camera roll. And I have a driver's license from a guy in Tennessee. Um, and he took a picture of that and texted it to me because he wants a quote on an F 150 we have in stock. Um, I have a, a unintentional screen captures too often on my phone. Um, mm-hmm. I have a picture of a Kelly Blue Book uh, valuation on a vehicle. I have a picture of a um, sale sign, but it's mostly about the stock number. So when I get to the key box, I know what the hell number I'm looking for because I will not remember that number. Um, I have a picture of a key fob. I have a picture of me sitting on the porch with a cat behind me. Another driver's license, a purchase agreement, copy of insurance, another driver's license, a registration, and then it gets to, you know, Christmas tree stuff. Yeah. And so and I- most of those will be deleted. Usually I do it on Sunday. I'll, I'll pop it up open yeah. on Sunday. If there's something in there I need, I just email it to my work account so I've got it there, and then I delete it off my phone. So looking at my role, I have um, two pictures of... Uh, icy patches from the street up the road from me where um, there's a leaking pipe and I need to let the local maintenance company know about that so they can fix it. Um, Did so you that'll be send forever. It to them? I haven't sent it to them yet. No, I will do that later on today. I've got four uh, pictures and videos from the scavenger hunt thing they had us doing before the Christmas meal at, at the company in the afternoon on Friday. Uh, I've got memes. Why? <laughs> Because, well, because I, what happens is I see them on Mastodon and I want to send them to Leanne. Oh, gotcha. And so, so what I do is I tend to, because she she's not on there, so I tend to save them on my camera roll and then when I've got a few minutes, like, so I, I've got this guy in a hospital bed. He's got an oxygen mask on. He's wearing, a, like, the overall. He said, I was set upon by a group of immigrants in Dublin yesterday. They gave me a triple height part bypass and saved my life. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I've got, I've got a picture of a empty platform that I sent to Leanne when I had my train cancelled uh, the other day. Um, I've got a picture of a QR code from a menu so that I can try and access the menu. Uh, and then yeah, you talk about, you talk about the the 
the false ones. So I've, I, I, for some reason, I keep on taking inadvertent screenshots on my phone. Yep. So there's screenshots of, of different apps on here where, you know, I'm reading an email or something like that. Um, well, mine is because I accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally, I turned on accessibility to tap the back of my phone to take a screenshot. And so half the time I yeah. set my phone down, it goes. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh, really? Yeah. I have another meme here, which is a headline in the New York Times web app saying, everyone wants your email address. Think twice before sharing it. And then to read the rest of the article, there's a pop-up that says, thanks for reading the Times. Create your free free account or log in to continue reading. And yep. then I'll your email address. Yep. So that's ironic. <laughs> I have a lot of those. And then I tend to clean mine out when I get to the eBay photos. So yeah. I take stuff I'm selling on eBay and I load them up onto eBay and then I tend to go through and delete those and then I clean out all the crap at the same time. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. you say, well, you take all these photos, even the ones you're going to keep, you know, the, the swim meet and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, as Mac users, we're, I'm putting mine in uh, iPhoto. And... I have created a now I don't I do my screensaver so it shows photos, but I don't just point it at the library because God I, it's there's so many photos that nobody wants to see that I still yeah. need to go into um, photos and, and delete some of these things, but I, I literally have probably sixty thousand photos in there or more, so I have two desktop folders. One is just uh, desktop pictures or desktop slideshow, and then one's and that's where I started putting my holiday photos. So going mm-hmm. back many years, if it's a picture of a holiday, Christmas specifically, um, trees, kids, family gatherings, that that all goes in that folder. And and the other folder is photos that I like of the family and whatever goes in that one. So once Christmas is over, I'll point my desktop screensaver to that one. So my Mac has okay. never turned off. It just displays photos right. on the screen. I also but, have two digital photo frames, one in the living room and one in the dining room. The one in the dining room, I think, is like a 10-inch screen that I can wirelessly send pictures to. And I do that quite often. So, like our trip to New York over the summer, yeah, we're constantly seeing photos of that in the dining room. Yeah. Well, but the problem with that approach... So, uh, do you still have those originals in iPhoto as well? Yes. Because... The problem with the folders approach is you don't get any of the metadata, you don't get the facial recognition, the geotagging, any of the... So are those photos organized the same way in your iPhoto library into an album or something? Uh, yeah, but yeah, but okay. they're, they're duplicates on the desktop. They're, right, okay, I get you. Yeah, it's just a you. screenshot. It's just a screen, what do you call it, a, a slideshow. A slideshow of the of, a, of an export. Like if yeah. I if I put my mouse up in the upper right hand corner, it launches. There's a picture of Cole wearing a stupid Santa hat uh, in the back of a car, and then there's one of Brooke when she was like seven, opening presents. Um, Elf on the shelf picture because Julie used to do Elf on the shelf when the kids were little. Uh, my mom with the kids when Brooke was still very very small. I mean. It, it's I like having that going. I like and though some of those photos are scanned photos from way way yeah. way back in the day. Um, I like having coming into the, where the computer's sitting, and I'll just stop and kind of look at the photos for a minute before I move the mouse and wake it up. Well, let's face it, having photos, you should look at them, and most of us have lots of photos that we never look at. Even even back in the day before digital, we had 
um, photo books and printouts and um, uh, album photo albums and stuff like that where we'd mounted photos for our 35 millimeter cameras um and you only ever used to you used to have to make an effort to go and look at them yeah um and most of us don't make an effort to go and look no, past these, our, uh, back and, in our and, libraries and, at all yeah and i think that anybody listening to this is obviously taking a lot of photos and i bet half the people listening to this don't look at them very often no. go to amazon and buy one of these 10.1 inch wi-fi or bluetooth um digital photo screens they're they're less than a hundred dollars and the quality yeah. is great i mean it yeah. really is it looks like a it, it looks fantastic and all you yeah, need to do is be able to plug it in that's yeah it. those things those things used to look pretty terrible but we're now at the point where decent screen tech is cheap enough that uh you know for not very much you can you can get something that looks looks very good that way your your room's lit up just a little bit and you've always yep. got your photos right there and the software generally sucks putting photos from your phone to it it does it's not great software um but it does work and even if it takes a few minutes to cobble together the photos that you want put them back on your phone and then send them over to it's worth it because you're you yeah. get to see your photos and i think that's a cool thing um do I want a digital photo frame in every room? No, I don't want the light no. lit, you know, and they do take power, but I do want a couple of them around the house. I want to be able to walk by and see a photo that I haven't thought of in a while. So here's the annoying thing, right? Um, one of the advantages of having an integrated system like iPhoto, well, it's not called for iPhoto now, but iCloud and photos is that you take a photo on your, on your phone and it should appear on all your devices straight away. I'm looking at these photos I've taken recently and at the bottom of the all uh, basically the whole library of all photos it says 4,663 photos, 344 videos syncing with iCloud paused optimising system performance yeah it's probably been like that forever yeah and uh, a few minutes ago I actually didn't say that it said um, it said poor network connection even yep. though I'm on my home Wi-Fi and I'm, the phone is literally a foot away from my Wi-Fi router. Yep. It, it's just garbage. Yes. So, because the whole point about background synchronization is that you just don't, you want it to happen automatically. You don't want to have to go in and make it do it. No. Uh, and yet Apple all the time now is is basically making you do that for unknown reasons because iCloud means that you get no errors you don't any get in there's no peeking behind the curtain to see what's going on it's just magically it works except most of the time it doesn't yep and there's nothing more frustrating than sit down at your mac or your ipad and saying i'm going to do some cropping and editing on those photos i know i took and then they're not there and then you have to pull out your phone and try and figure out and normally it's just a case of hitting this sync now button and it starts working and it's just it's oh, it's dear. it's why I don't rely on it ever. All I do is come down, or uh, once a week, I plug my phone into the computer, I import the photos, I yeah. tell I I tell photos to delete them off my phone, and I'm done. Yeah. Because if I but, if if you rely on iCloud, that it's just it doesn't work. It just doesn't work yeah. half the time. Uh, and and the problem is is oh, oh it's, it's saying optimizing system performance. The chips in these phones are. Like big computer chips, they have power to spare. Yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? What? Yeah. Of you know it's a you network can't find out. issue somewhere. 
or a well, sync yeah, problem but, on Apple's yeah, side. But but it's not a sync problem on Apple's side because this just is constant. And I've seen mentioned it, the system is designed <coughs> to do this. There are several traps in the system that basically stop it syncing and when it stops syncing it never resumes again yeah and what annoys me about it is that look and i can understand all of those if it is optimizing the phones think the photos maybe it's doing um facial recognition or some sort of uh machine learning that's fine but when you finish doing that sync the photos go back to it if the network is bad as soon as you get a better network connection just resume it the problem with iCloud is it does it never it never does the resuming part no. it stops and then once it stops it's like oh well I'm not going to do anything now until the user figures out that it's not working and it comes looking yep. and the number of people there must be out there who are not technical and don't ever go looking because you you can't even see that notification by default unless you go in your, into your photo library and then scroll up yeah, if you just go in there, it pre- it presents you the the list of photos without showing you that notification. So most people won't even know that their stuff's not being sunk to sunk sync to iCloud. And then what happens? They drop their phone, they lose their phone, yeah, and then they'll find they've lost a couple of weeks of photos. Yep. Yeah. Well done, Apple. Yeah, it's it's so bad, and yeah, it gets almost no publicity at all. I mean, you go to sites like, and I was going to talk about this anyways, you go to sites like Engadget, which used to be where you would go to find stuff like this, or 9to5Mac or whatever, Yeah. Um, Mac Central. What you find now is, in fact, if I go to any of them, I guarantee you what I'm going to see is uh, the best Black Friday sales you could still get on Amazon. God. It's like, really? That's We're still talking about Black Friday? So come on. Well... Well, the reason they're talking about oh, Black Friday why. sales is because they got affiliate links in there I, and they I get know. paid. Yeah, there's no question yeah. in my mind why they're doing it. That's not the question. The question is, <laughs> when did you completely fucking sell out? Well, they. But, but that's the point is they did. And and the, you know what? The guys behind these sites would... I, I, I had an argument with Jason Snell a few years ago where I basically said... Uh, look, you, you know, you're uh, six colors now. There's there's so many ads, and um, you know, it's really not very nice. And I said, and you're advertising things that you're reviewing, which implies that your reviews aren't, um, you know, even if you've not made that choice, it implies that your reviews aren't fair. And and he just basically said, well, it, you know, it costs a lot of money to to uh, operate these sites, and that's the only revenue we can get. And I I kind of I understand that. But I, what I what I don't understand is the well we'll just give up we'll just roll over we'll surround the page with ads we won't put any sort of editorial control on the type of ads we show um, we'll just accept the system as the way it is rather than pushing back and going no actually we don't want to show this type of ad we we want to block ads from this vendor because we've got a review up um, you know we want to recognize that our users don't want to necessarily want to be tracked and be bugged and be um pestered surrounded by ads so we will we'll do it in a way that makes sense and is not just egregious and horrible but they don't do any of that they just kind of they they let the ad companies tell them you know you set up this frame this frame this frame point it here there and everywhere and then our ad auction thing works and you get revenue and and it's just it's just lousy yeah just lousy you know and and the affiliate link thing is is has, has become an increasing problem um where the point where i've seen tech sites now recommend recommend um 
devices that I know are bad devices. And they go and say, oh, you should buy one of these because it's on special. And it's just like, yeah, there was a, there's a Samsung external SSD that um, for the last 18 months, people are recognizing that it, it has a fault in it and it loses data. And all the tech sites are still, every time there's a sale on, they still publish affiliate links for it because it's money. And so they're recommending to their technical uh, readers a product that they themselves have often written about saying this is faulty. Oh, yeah, we're still going to put it in the affiliate link because, hey, it's cheap. I, um, for years, avoided affiliate links. Back when MyMac.com was publishing, you know, articles and reviews and stuff. Um, on a daily basis we don't anymore it's it's if anything it's more about all the podcasts that we produced that's pretty much all it is now um but back when we did reviews we did have advertising there's no advertising at all on the site now period yeah um (laughs) i'm on it right now and my ad blockers found nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I, i never when we did have advertising I'd have companies reach out and, hey, we love to do an affiliate. And No, I, I never, ever did affiliates because it's a scam. I never trusted them. I knew that they were going to lie about the numbers. They're going to pay me the absolute minimum they could. And, and I even proved it. I did once. I forget who it was. And I talked about it on a podcast way back in the day. I think it was probably either maybe this one or my Mac, one of the two. And I published affiliate. Affi- aff- yeah. A link. Affiliate. affiliate those those link. links. Yes. And I literally the links. went you can to call the them site. Like- I, I signed out of the site. I yeah. quit Safari. I went back into it. I didn't sign in. I clicked the link and I bought the product. Yeah. It it they said nothing. I generated zero sales. Yeah. And I literally sent them a screenshot of my receipt and say I clicked from mymac.com. Well, that's we're not going to pay you if you buy something. It's a well. Wait a minute. You said I got nothing, and I just proved yeah. that I did. And I know from at least one reader who bought something. Yeah. And you're saying I got nothing. So it was. It's it's all a scam. The podcasters who say, "Hey, go to this site," you know, slash tech fan, and you know, it's our affiliate, and we'll get paid. No, you don't. You get almost well, nothing. You you do. You get lied. But the th- but the thing is, is what you don't you get. It's like you say, it's Hollywood accounting. You get. All, every single reason they can find not to pay you for a particular click, they will do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, big people who have thousands of affiliate clicks or hundreds of thousands of affiliate clicks, they get paid because they, uh, they've they got enough links to kind of beat the uh, the internal odds that the, the house has loaded against you. Yes. So they get paid, but they, they don't get paid as much as they should. But the poor and the indigenous, that, that's that old joke. They make it up in volume. So they get paid something. But it's just, you know, it's just in the same way that if, you, if you're an artist on Spotify, yeah, that not only is the actual per, per stream uh, revenue tiny, I mean, literally, absolutely tiny, but they will find a load of reasons to exclude a lot of the streams to try and minimise what they pay you and keep more profit and that is what everybody does and that's what that's the scam of the affiliate links is that anybody who thinks you can live off those is dreaming you know marcus marcus brownlee and somebody like that probably can but even then he's not making money off affiliate links he's making money off the youtube ads but again youtube ads you're only going to make money off youtube ads if you comply with all their terms and conditions yeah and you have a huge amount of of video um, subscription you know, a huge amount of people watching your videos. Otherwise, you'll get paid virtually nothing. Yeah. And most people get paid virtually nothing. Yeah. 
and YouTube now is just I mean you talked about ad blockers it's just ridiculous what's going on over there at the moment oh yeah I've I, I've given up watching YouTube videos because I don't want to pay for YouTube premium it's too expensive for the amount I use YouTube for but literally you you can watch a 20 minute video and you'll be watching it's more more ads than if you're watching on TV mm-hmm and it, it and it's not just it's not like well here's an appropriate point to stop the video and show you an ad it's just no guys talking mid sentence all of a sudden stops ad two ads three ads two of two of which will be unskippable and then you're back to the guy halfway through through a word yep. it, it makes the, the user experience is terrible and obviously youtube's strategy is let's make it as terrible as possible so people feel compelled to pay us you know and that's why they're now working uh, they're literally hostile working against every single ad blocker going to try and stop it working on YouTube. Yep. You know? It's a whack-a-mole game, and it, it's, I mean, we're the mole. Yeah. The latest thing is apparently if you have an ad blocker on Chrome um, and you try and go to YouTube, they will slow your browser down. And then and then now what they're doing is uh, anybody who's got an ad blocker, they will... Uh, reduce the speed with which they allow that to be updated in the extension in the extension store so they're actually i mean <laughs> how how the uh antitrust people aren't on this i don't know yeah but effect, effectively what they're doing is they're saying oh if you try and block our ads then we will we will slow down the performance and the updates on your browser and of course chrome has got a new browser system extension system that basically neuters most of the ad blockers it's just ridiculous if you're an online publisher, a small one like Six Colors or something, or Daring Fireball, sell ads. Contact companies and sell ads yourself. Don't don't join an yeah. affiliate network. Well, well yeah, but that, I mean, look, Gruber does that on Daring Fireball, yep. and apparently he makes a good living, but he's got the audience to support it. If you're starting out, the difficulty is is that, well, is anybody that you starting don't. out thinking you're going to make you know? money, you're just not. Yeah. It's a constant thing. The reason my Mac doesn't have any ads is I just got too busy and I couldn't be bothered. We had ads on on TechFan. I had ads at the very beginning of podcasting on the My Mac podcast. I remember, um, uh, and you know, all the podcasters are saying the the while the podcasting ad market was never great. Apparently, after COVID, the bottom has fallen out of it. You just can't get advertisers anymore. Bullshit. You know what? Well, you've got to you've got to keep at it. Um, I, I, you know, I do, I do feel for people who have that, and a lot of them are changing to subscription models, and that, and that's fine as well. Because, but you can't subscribe to everything. No. What I found really annoying is I, I listened to uh, an HBO show, uh, the Bill Maher uh, Real Time with Bill Maher show, that um, okay. is also streamed as a, is, as well as being on TV. It's not on TV in the UK, but it's it's sent out as a podcast, and I subscribe to it. They have just switched to a new podcast engine that is now putting localized ads into my podcast before it downloads it to me. And it's the most annoying thing ever. At least on a podcast, you can wind forward forward from them. But, you know, this is an American podcast. I kind of expect to, if I'm going to get ads, to hear ads that are appropriate to the show. And instead, I'm getting some British guy trying to sell me a sofa. (laughs) But you need a sofa, (laughs) David, so I don't know. Why, why, do, why do people i don't know is this it, in britain i don't know if this is an american thing or not but in britain all the furniture companies go crazy trying to sell people sofas before christmas no you know, there's loads and loads here. of advertising no. it, it's, here it's, it's a thing. every holiday here so it's right. president's day sale it's uh yeah you know, but they, these are sale it's it's 
they find these aren't anything. really sales. No, these it's, aren't it's sa- always fake sales. <laughs> no, yeah. If it's yeah, always they, on I mean, sale, then that's the regular price. Yeah, but it's, it's not even that. And it's just that the, all of their advertising money seems to go on TV and radio ads in the lead up to Christmas. And I, I presume the thinking is, oh, people are going to have family over and they're going to want something to sit on so they might need a new sofa. But I've never really got it. I've never I've never thought, oh, well, you know, I'm going to drop £1,000 on a new sofa for Christmas. I don't, I don't understand the mentality. Christmas is a time when you haven't got that sort of money to spare. You know, it's funny. Julie and I um, were chasing down a, a a cake for Cole's birthday. He turned sixteen this coming week, right? And uh, he wanted a certain cake. It's um, we don't usually have a problem finding it either. It, it's it's for it's for a restaurant that used to exist that gave up the ghost many years ago. But the, there's a local bakery that still makes these cakes, right? And they're just delicious. They're some of the best chocolate cakes you'll ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, better than what most people can make at home. That's just how good it yeah. is. And our local store didn't have it, so we went down to another local store. They didn't have it. They had the white ones, but they didn't have this. So we went across town to another place. Their websites all suck because they're like, yeah, it's in stock, and it's totally not in stock. Yeah. So we had to get something else. But as we're coming out of the store last night, uh, it's kind of rainy and cold, and you know, we're making our way to the car. And directly across the street, in a strip mall that I had my very one of my very first jobs in, uh, in the same space where that company used to be that I used to work for, you know, mm-hmm. forty years ago, is a new furniture store. We're like, hey, when the hell did that pop up? <laughs> yeah, and it's a big store too. I mean, it's really large, and we're like, we we had no idea. So every now and then you get that discoverability, but you got to get away from the screens and what you know the advertisers are throwing at you and just drive around town you know and you might find something new heaven forbid a new restaurant a new furniture store and yeah um it's kind of neat when you find something like that and you're like oh we need to go check that out we have zero need for any furniture right now none yeah we we're fine on furniture we still kind of want to go and check out the store though yeah um you know what's crazy everything yeah well next month will be 2024 and that marks what are you doing cat that marks 30 years publishing mymac.com oh isn't that crazy that is crazy i know i was wondering if i should change the the logo up there and put 30 years publishing pretty easy to do i mean right now it says mymac.com on one side and then on the other side it says mymac podcasting network with the tech fan logo just because it's a little smaller yeah. than my Mac, but since I own both of them, you know, doesn't really make any difference. Hey, I, I, I mean, it is interesting to see how that's changed over the years. Because obviously, when you started my Mac, it was a it was a magazine. It was a it was downloadable mag- magazine. Yeah, yeah, downloadable online magazine, um, and then became a website. And as you you mentioned before, the the output of the site has changed over the years, and really, the output on the web has changed over the years because. As we've just been talking about, a lot of these traditional um, websites have become very commercial and ad-driven and much less editorial than they used to be. There's much less writing than they used to be. There's a lot more social media. I mean, The Verge did that um, that website revamp, was it a couple of years ago now? No, it's about, uh, about a they, year and a half ago. About Yeah, it's. I mean, it's terrible. It really is. Because they, what they basically do is they mix up their editorial output with their social media output into one great big 
ugly looking page. Yeah, I go um, there maybe um, one tenth of what I used to go there because yeah, it's just no, I, I, I basically I go there if I literally have nothing else to do. Yeah, <laughs> nothing else to read. Yeah. then I'll go. All right, I'll go check in the Verge. But there's no, there's yeah, I used it's to go so there. It's so hard day, to read I, anything just, on their main page. Well, not only that, there's so much repetition as well. If you scroll down, they, they've kind of got this this waterfall type layout. Um, again, in the world's ugliest colours, but that's an aesthetic choice. But the problem is, as you go down, you see the same content repeated. Well, that's because, because the things at the top are pinned. They're just yeah, using WordPress, I, and, and you can. I, pin I know, but it's just and, it's just sucky mm-hmm. because actually, what happened? They they have these boxes as well, you know, yeah, with like five for items in, and that's a repetition of stuff you might have already read. And then on the left side, they've got the the stream, the social media stream. Where some of their con- some of their um, uh, their writers will, will you know will write comments and links and stuff like that, but then mixed in with that is the same stuff that's already pinned either at the top or the right hand side. So as I say, you end up seeing the same stuff over and over again, and I just think that's a terrible user experience. Oh, it, really, it, 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 it is. You it's, know? it's not good at all. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's it's 30 years coming up I, I think i'll change it to put something up in the banner 30 year pu- publishing or something like that but um hmm i mean 30 years of my mac sounds to me unlike this show where we're, we're not really going to celebrate the 500th but 30 years of my mac sounds like something where we should be going out and getting some content written talking yeah, we'll about get together people's experiences Expo and do something oh wait <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I mean that yeah, was the thing, you know. Everything has changed. Yeah. You know, it's all online. It's it is much, it, despite the fact we got social media and it's notionally more connected than it's ever been. It's all very disconnected. Yes. <laughs> Cole came to me a couple of days ago. Now he says, "Dad, did you see what's happening on Tuesday?" <laughs> and I said, yeah. "Yep." This is this is the sort of thing I get from Alexander yeah. all the time, and I I go I go yeah sure I have no idea what he's talking no, about. No, but I didn't know what he was talking about. All right. He says, "Now we that's an, we, we're doing Christmas tree uh, lot that night, which is part of the Cub Scouts. They sell Christmas trees at right. this place, and they won't be home until like eight thirty. What's what's happening on Tuesday? New GTA Six trailer, the first one. Right. See, yeah, that I did know about, and I yes. knew that Alexander was looking out for it. Yeah. Think about how crazy that is. That when the last one came out, he was like four. Yeah, he's 16 years old. He's 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 excited. It wasn't that long, but it has been like 10 years. Uh, But so here's the question: Do you think it's worth getting excited for, or is it more likely to be GTA 5 with better graphics? No, no. If it was that, it would have came out just a couple years after GTA 5. Um, If there's one company that I do trust to come out with something a big release like this, it's Rockstar. I mean. GTA, I don't care what anybody says, is the video big, biggest video game franchise ever. Nothing beats it. Nothing. I mean, people... Are, what in the hell? Are, hey! Knock it off over there. Hold on a minute. He's... he's Be that? The cat's, cat's recording its own podcast. Yeah, that's exactly what it's doing. I think it's hiding behind the either digital arcade or um, the arcade or the pinball. I think it's behind the pinball. Right. Um... GTA is the biggest video game franchise uh, ever. So, I well, I, I'm not I'm not equipped with the data to disagree with you on that. I I think it's 
It's definitely one of the biggest, if it's not the biggest. What's bigger? I don't know. Call, is Call of Duty not bigger? No. Not even no? close. Not no. even close. They're, think about taste? this. Where's... People are still playing GTA Five. They're still playing Call of Duty. Yeah, but it's not the one that came out 10 years ago. Mm, well, actually, kind of every every Call of Duty is the one that came out yeah, 10 it's, years ago. It's, they're just reiterating on the same thing. There's nothing fresh and new and interesting. Yeah, People it's don't fun. talk you about know Call of Duty because of the gameplay. It, it's it's really or the weird. With, of the story. It's really weird with GTA because, you know, back in the day, I was an Amiga guy. Um, and uh, the first Grand Theft Auto came out on the Amiga. And um, it was top down. It wasn't 3D at all. Right. Um, but it, it was pretty much, a, it was a very, very similar game. The core concept was you running around, you're a criminal, you can steal cars, and you have missions to do. Um, obviously, it's at, once it's moved to 3D and, and the various different iterations, it's it's been able to do much more things. But the core gameplay is pretty much the same. And it, it does amuse me. You talk about, you know, how long things have been around. It amazes me that that game that I remember playing for the first time in 1997 is turned into this huge on on a what was you know the Amiga was okay but it was it was pretty a niche platform really um, and it, it certainly didn't have the longevity that that other platforms has and yet we're still playing that game and it's this huge franchise GTA you know? Grand Theft Auto Five release date was. Um September 17th, 2013. Before that, yeah. 4 came out April 29th, 2008. So, yeah. And then before that, 2004. So this one is 10 years in the making now. Well, yeah, cuz cuz here, I just said since then, but DMA Design, which was the British company, British company yep. that uh, invented Grand Theft Auto, released the first one in 1997. The one that kind of broke it open and turned it into a huge franchise was Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 3, Correct. because that's the one that went 3D, and it was on the PlayStation. 2. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that was released in 2001. So they were, in 1997 to 2001, they went from Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 2, a rewrite against Grand Theft Auto 3 that turned it to what it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're now going to Grand Theft Auto 6, uh, 22 <laughs> years later. So, yeah, um, I think it was a big yeah. deal. Um, when yeah. they come out, here's the thing with Rockstar. When they come out with a new gameplay thing, everybody else copies them. Um, I think it's going to be a huge game. I think it's not just the graphics, although that's a big part of it. Um, it is the gameplay. It's the fun factor. It's the story. And I think that they really are doing it right over there. Um, they've been milking the Grand Theft Auto Online for way too long. Um, people are chomping at the bit for this. This game should have came out five years ago. But yeah. here we are, ten years later, we're getting a new one. Um, I think that the trailer's probably going to be viewed 100 million times. Probably. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind having the ad monetization turned on on that one. Yeah, that, that'll be a YouTube. good one to get a couple so, bucks from. I'm looking at Wikipedia here about the... the um, best-selling video game franchises of all time yep top one is mario but i don't i don't think that's fair because actually there's super mario mario kart mario party mario sports mario rpg those those that's 80s it's it's linked together by one by one figurehead but those are all different types of games tetris 495 million is number two um again i i guess yeah 
the first one where I'd I'd legitimately say yes, it's a yes, it's a franchise is Pokemon actually. Yeah. Uh, a four hundred eighty million units sold. But Call let's, of Duty. Let's stop, let's stop right there for the minute. The top three. If a the, new well, game to- of any of those top three was coming out, would you and I be talking about it? Uh, Pokemon's a pretty big deal. I mean, not particularly my bag. What's but the I last recognize- Pokemon that came out? Uh, was it red and blue? No. See, you don't know. It's all the same I'm, shit. No, I. Yeah, I know, but never. But that's that's what a franchise is. It's the same thing with mine tweaks, and I, I think I think you could very much argue that Pokemon fits into that. It's oh, yeah. basically the the same game over and over again. But you know, so Call of Duty and, and GTA, they are effective. As as I was say, the core gameplay is the same as it was with the first one. So anyway, Pokemon is is the first one that I would I would recognize after Mario and Tetris as being its own thing. And that is bigger than the next one down, which is Call of Duty at 425 million units, and then the third one, the one after that is Grand Theft Auto at 410. So Grand Theft Auto is not far behind. I would say given the they haven't come out with a game in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah, I I would I mean, I think that probably does uh, does talk to the quality of of GTA versus Call of Duty, yes. and and what I was about to say was, given the pretty lukewarm reception the latest Call of Duty received, um, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, with GTA Six that they go shooting way past, um, certainly way past Call of Duty on this list, and they only uh, there's, there's seventy million units between them and Pokemon. So it wouldn't surprise me if actually they moved way up with the release of GTA 6. But finally, the one after that is FIFA. I mean, <laughs> if, if you EA's FIFA, if you ever wanted a, a stock example of a uh, of somebody who just releases the same game with a little bit of polish every year, it's FIFA. Yeah, um, and, Madden, and people only, Madden's another one that does. Madden, yeah, but let's face it, all of those sports games, people only buy them because they want the latest rosters. That's they're, it. they're not interested in core gameplay mechanics or anything like that. They just, they just want to do fancy, fancy sports. I have in zero line interest with. in sports games like that. Zero. Uh, I've played... I've played um, it hasn't got better than Tecmo Bowl. I'm sorry. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I play them every now and again. What's, NHL what's 97 on Sega is the top... One of the top games of all time when it comes to sports stuff. Yeah, the most the most enjoyable sports game I've probably played in the last 10 years, and this is going to sound really weird, is um, on uh, on iPhone and iPad, they do re-release, re-releases of the old Capcom... Are they Capcom? Uh, Neo Geo releases. Yeah. Uh, and they did a golf one uh, that I remember playing in the arcades way back in the day last year. <sighs> We're both wrong. Um, I just realized the best sports game of all time. What's that? We bowling. <laughs> I mean, that's def- that's definitely a debate to be had. Well, think about this. Yeah. There's a room. We set up a room, and it's got 20 different sports games, and you have to play something. But one of them is Wii Bowling. I bet you're playing Wii Bowling. I bet that's the one that everyone's going to move towards. They're like, ooh, Wii Bowling. Well, that would be fun for a few minutes. They, see, the advantage of Wii Bowling is it actually felt like you were bowling, yeah. even though you weren't bowling. No, Whereas weren't all bowling. the others, you are you are fiddling with joysticks. I, I told you the story about Wii Bowling before, didn't I? This, uh, this, was, this was at the height of Wii Bowling. And, and Julie and Brittany, so this is probably 15 years ago. Yeah, I don't um, recall this. Julie and Brittany were playing it all the time. All the time. They got just hooked on Wii Bowling. 
And for two or three weeks, every day I'd come home, they're playing Wii Bowling. Yeah. And that's fine, you know. And they convinced themselves that because of the angles and the swing and everything that they think they're going to be better bowlers now. They were both (laughs) absolutely convinced. So, on a Saturday, I wasn't working. bowling. Nope. I stayed home with young Brooke, who's a baby. Right. And she went bowling with Brittany. Uh-huh. And I kept telling them, we bowling has nothing to do with, oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay. Uh-huh. They get home and said, how'd you do? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that was the response. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I love that story because, uh, <laughs> yeah, A, I was right, good. which is a rarity when it comes to an argument with Julie. Um, and, and B, it, it, it had nothing to do with bowling. It, it's a video game. It, so, uh, interesting i've got a, a, a similar story on along those sorts of lines i remember when i was a student um at university and uh, i i traveled to uh travel from where i was living and, and studying to another university to meet up with a, an old school friend of mine uh and we'd been to boarding school together and we'd we'd shared rooms and stuff like that we knew each other very well um and uh I remember going out with him and his friends and we went out, had a few drinks, had some to eat. And then we ended up in this bar and they had a Operation Wolf arcade game at the back of the back of the bar. Um, And for anybody who's never encountered Operation Wolf, this was uh, one of the early experiments in interactive games. So you basically had to. Yeah, you had to shoot soldiers and incoming missiles and grenades and stuff like that on the screen. And you had a, a. a physical prop that was like an Uzi machine gun mounted yep. on the front of the cabinet. And it was a light gun game. Yeah. So I'm playing this game and I was, I've not to blow my own trumpet, but I was pretty much the best person there. Everyone else was having a go and they were just getting murdered. And I'm there and I'm like on level six, level seven. <laughs> I remember my, uh, my friend, he's watching me do this. He says, I don't get it. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? You don't get it. He says, he says, I've known you for years. He says, you suck at every single sport I've ever seen you do. You can't catch a ball. <laughs> you can't throw a ball. Yeah. And all of that. And yet, and he said, how come, how come your physical hand-eye coordination could be so bad? And yet you're really good at this sort of stuff. <laughs> and I just went, I don't know. I don't and I kept know. shooting. Yeah. But it, I, it was it was an interesting point because you know obviously it's it's apparently just saying video games is not real life kids. No, it is <laughs> uh, definitely not real life. You know we yeah. I had a bunch of stuff that we were going to talk about. We've got some notes and stuff. I was going to blast this Elon is, Musk some more, but I, you know, what's the point? <laughs> well, it's 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 pretty much like shooting fish in a barrel at the moment. Ah, I um, mean, he goes on. You know, he, he posts anti-Semitic content, which isn't debatable it's not like yeah well you could interpret it. no it was anti-semitic content a hundred percent and then two days later he's where is he mm, i think he visited a country somewhere where where did he go israel huh. yeah yeah kind of like and, an apology uh, tour and yeah, then that's a whole right. bunch and, of advertisers bail on x because why wouldn't you because because even Nazis. Walmart today announced or yesterday announced <laughs> yeah. Walmart is like yeah we're not yeah. gonna go into that cesspool anymore um and and and, and Elon recog- Elon recognized his Musk's his Musk Elon Musk recognized his fa- failures and with great humility apologized and said he was going to try and be a better person. He did. I was oh no, he didn't. About that. Oh, 
He didn't do that? Wait a minute. No, no, he, he basically went on stage at a conference and somebody asked him a perfectly legitimate question about, you know, look, well, what are you going to do about this? And he basically told them to go and F themselves. Yeah, no, not basically, uh, he did. <laughs> and he says, don't yeah. advertise. Don't advertise. And, and you can uh, see the host uh, that, trying to save him, like, ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, and in the same minute. breath, in the same breath, he goes, and these people are going to bank bankrupt x um you'll see and it's all their fault yep it's their fault and they're hurting <laughs> was, the earth it was it was the tech broist tech bro thing we've seen certainly for the last week i mean obviously it's the whole sam altman open ai debacle the week before which was even more looney tunes it, the, it, i tell you all of these people they're just all crazy yes they are just all nutcases yep and they don't have to run a business and they're so surrounded by yes men and so full of their own hubris they just don't know what they're doing no uh, it, you know anybody who's still a fan of elon musk i'm sorry he is a disgusting human being yeah he's a leech on society oh but look he's helping bring electric cars it would have happened whether he was there or not uh, well the, the point is is that you know look <laughs> I appreciate what he did. I appreciate what he's done for SpaceX. I appreciate what he's done for Tesla and electric cars. But he's overstayed his welcome, and it's time for him to go away. Yes, because because his he's the, unfortunately he's, he's, he's became the he's crazy gotten, uncle. Yeah, he's 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 gotten famous enough that his negative qualities and they are legion um, far outweigh his achievements. Yeah, uh, and actually everything he's doing at the moment is just is just proving that is making us feel bad about everything he's ever done. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He's uh, and uh, he's burning everything behind him. Yeah, and and also I think I think his that sort of attitude is is it, unfortunately it it's affected the entire business world. Um, everyone is they will do anything for money, uh, and if uh, you know the the open AI thing is all about money, yeah. Sam Altman was out there and he's a tech bro and he's a marketer and he says he's like, he's he's like a mini Elon Musk he says all these things oh we must we must um regulate uh, AI even though I'm developing AI yeah and at the same time he's not interested in developing AI he's interested in monetizing ChatGPT which is the thing that his company stumbled upon um and all the people who run the company kind of went mm, you know I'm not not really sure about this. They they tried to run a board coup, which failed because Sam is where all the money is. And all the staff said, if, if Sam's leaving, we're leaving because we've got stock options and we want to see them, you know. And Microsoft said, we've promised you $10 billion. We're expecting this chat GBT thing. It's underpinning all our products. So Sam's got to stay because we're relying on him for that. And so the money talked and uh, everyone else who doesn't know how to run a business had to walk. Yeah. You know, but the whole thing, the whole thing, just like, you know, if the if the future of technology is in the hands of these people, I just despair. I really do. Makes you wonder a little bit, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does. You and know, here's the why, thing, don't, my I, why about, don't my photos sync, for God's sake? Right. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> it's Elon Musk's fault, I think. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Our show's called Tech Fan. And by the way, you can email us at the show at techfanpodcast.com. Yeah. Um, we're fans of technology. Very rare am I a fan of a person or even a company. Um, when we st when I started MyMac <clears throat> 30 years ago, there was this company that we followed called Apple. And it wasn't that Apple couldn't do no wrong and that we were big Apple fanboys. 
it was that we were a fan of the Mac because at the yeah. time it was just a way better platform for computing than anything else that was out there. And it really did seem like it was going away. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was talk about it. You know, yeah. at the time it was a downloadable magazine. Talk about the p- cool programs that you can get on the Mac. Something even really stupid like the Grouch. You put something in the trash and the Grouch would pop up and sing. Uh, simple little things like that. Just it, it made computing fun and exciting. And you just wasn't getting any of that on the PC side. And that I was a fan of the product. I wasn't a fan of Gil Emilio at the time, who was CEO. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a fan of Steve Jobs per se, although I think Steve Jobs' biggest contribution to technology wasn't the iPhone, wasn't the iPod, and wasn't the Mac, or the Apple II, or Pixar. Um, what it was is he had good taste yep. in technology. That's what is solely lacking in the tech world today. So when David and I find something that's cool and neat, we get excited about it because it's few and far between that you find something that truly, wow, this is really cool. And it's usually not coming from a Microsoft, an IBM or an Apple or ad nauseum. And increasingly tech is about social media and, and quite honestly, it's kind of boring after a while, you know? Yeah, and, and a lot of technology nowadays actually isn't very good. No. I mean, the things it can do are amazing, but the actual implementations are bad. And, you know, even Apple, who traditionally have been more tasteful, as we've just been talking about, yep. don't always get things right. And there's lots no. of things that we complain about a lot of the time about Apple and um, things we complain about Windows. You know what? I had to put my electric car in for a, a, an update this week. It took them three days. Yeah. And <laughs> I just... I said to the guy, I said, why? I said, well, he said, you know, that's the way Volkswagen... And, you know, there's probably a multitude of reasons. It's probably got 15 different systems that all need to be updated individually and all of that. But the point is, it's, it's just, you know, it's it's ridiculous yep. in the 21st century that a mostly electronic product takes three days to update, especially when it's something you rely on to get you around. Yeah, just, um, just a car. So, well, yeah, it's, it's not important. Um, so... A lot of our, a lot of, and maybe this is because you know we we grew up when technology was was really was innovative and people were trying to figure out what to do with it and now it's much more commoditized and the problems with commodities is that uh, commodities sometimes aren't very good yep. they might be useful <clears throat> but they might not be very good in the way they are useful uh, and I think we see a lot of that now yep. uh, and, and in some respects it's a shame um, and also as well it's so big that innovation's really hard now because you're not just trying to be develop the best product that solves a problem in a different way but you're also trying to do it in a way that competes with the big boys and the way they decide to do things i mentioned that flip camera that's a very good example it was subsumed by something that was developed by a company that was much bigger uh, and implemented it a different way and that that meant they they had to go away yep. you know these guys these guys from apple who are trying to do this uh humane ai pin thing which is trying to reinvent the smartphone whether it's a good idea or not uh, i think a lot of their ideas are a bit out there to be honest but the thing is they'll never replace a smartphone because who's going to replace the apples and googles of this world Uh, i don't know 
I, I think I, I no, I don't. I don't. I, I do I think, think they can be replaced. I really do. I, I, they, I think they can fail. I don't think they can easily be replaced. Because easily, no, be, that's a different thing. But can they be replaced? Yes. Well, yeah, but the the problem is everyone. If 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 you make a product that everybody, virtually everybody in the world has one or wants one, uh, and once they've got one, they're kind of tied into it. Then it's very difficult to compete against that. Mm. Even if you've come up with something here's the thing, brand new. Here's the thing: all these big giant tech companies are run by humans, and humans make mistakes. Um, if we would have went back thirty years ago, Blockbuster was massive. They were everywhere in the United States. Even the smallest town had a Blockbuster. And it was a thing on Friday nights to go to Blockbuster to pick out the movies you're going to watch. You let the kids pick a movie. You and your wife pick a movie. That's your weekend. There was something cool about going to Blockbuster. Except it wasn't so cool. Because half the time they were out of all the new releases. Because you showed up at 7 o'clock and they were gone by 3 p.m. The staff half the time didn't know where anything was. Uh, it was kind of expensive for what you were four bucks for a movie and you're getting two, that's $8 and you got to get popcorn and we're going to eat out tonight too. And, um, and it was replaced and the CEO at the time saw it coming and said, Hey, there's this thing that they're doing blockbuster. It's, it's like blockbuster, but they're mailing the DVDs to your house and you can keep it as long as you want. We should do that. And the board of directors, a bunch of humans said, no, 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 30% of our revenue, no, it's 12% of our revenue comes from late fees. We don't want to give up those late fees. Where are they now? So even though something can be huge and you can't imagine anything better coming along, something can come along. Yeah. And, it, I and think that's the, the, yeah, that's the, the rule the, of business. The, the difference is that the smartphone is more than just the hardware or yeah, the service. It's the, same the combination. Shit about, no, it's... Nah. There's yeah, because something Netflix, that will come better. Netflix, you didn't need to do anything. Netflix didn't need to do anything with Blockbusters to make their service work. But if you need any anything that looks that's taking aim at smartphone today to, to to kick it off, it needs to be able to integrate with the smartphone. And the guys who run those platforms make sure you can't do that. It, you know, it doesn't. It needs a network. It doesn't need a smartphone. There's the difference. Look, well, yeah, Humane has a network. Right. Humane uses a separate system and they won't go anywhere because they can't they can read your messages but only the ones you send to your humane device humane device not to the ones that you send to your iPhone right and that's where everyone's sending the messages that's the problem well that's the problem with this particular product but I was talking more in general I don't think humane's going anywhere I think it's stupid but I don't discount anything coming out that's gonna beat the iPhone that's gonna be Android that's gonna supplement what we consider a phone which really isn't a phone it's just a portable computer something will eventually take it over something will replace that device it just will because that's the nature of technology or we'll all die in nuclear explosion you know one of the two Um, whichever comes first but something will replace it it just will that's the nature of technology and what's cool about us doing this podcast is we've got a, a you know a platform to discuss these things when they come out. Yeah. Where's our review devices, though? Well... Humane, are you listening? That's what we need. We're your shot here. (laughs) (laughs) David, I'll see you next week. Yes. Yep, next week on Geeks Pub. And then, um, it's, you know, towards the end of the year, Christmas, things kind of get a little hectic. We'll see what happens. But hopefully before the end of 2023, 
we will have our 500th episode of Tech Fan, and uh, we hope you guys join us then. Yes, join us for the massive celebration. Celebration. See you then, David. <laughs> Bye.